Welcome to the Appalachian Baptist Network. We seek to equip, encourage, and engage pastors and church leaders in the Appalachian region. We focus on having conversations on church revitalization in the mountains and beyond. Your hosts are Matthew Jacobs, Brent Snyder, Jacob Gwynn, and Travis Tyler. Welcome back to the Appalachian Baptist Network. It is November. Well, not for us. We're actually recording in October. But by the time you hear this, it will be November. And joining me today is uh, Chris and Jaron. Thanks for being with me today, guys. Thanks Thank for having, having me back. We are in a month where, with a major holiday, and that is Thanksgiving. And the good news about this holiday is, unlike the holiday in the previous month, Halloween, this this holiday is very compatible with the Christian faith, isn't it? And our hearts are thinking about Thanksgiving, we're focusing on Thanksgiving, and so let's just sort of begin a discussion here about what this means and how Thanksgiving fits into the Christian life. Uh, A verse that comes to my mind is 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and it says this, "'Give thanks in all circumstances.'" For this is the will of God in God in Christ Jesus for you. Brothers, my question is this. Is that verse a challenge for us and our members? I would say definitely. I don't know anybody that's not struggled with some sort of situation or challenge that's uh, led them to think, how in the world can I be thankful uh, in the middle of this? So, yeah, I think that's common to, to everybody. Yeah, I think if you take it seriously, right, we understand that life is not a bed of roses. And so to be thankful in all things and at all times is uh, not natural and it doesn't, it's not normal to the flesh. What, um, when we're trying to work through an issue in our own lives, brothers, where we're struggling as pastors being thankful ourselves, tell me, what do you do at a personal spiritual level with the Lord to try to get your heart in a position of thankfulness and be and be obedient here to First Thessalonians five eighteen. I think for me it's it's just sort of going back to those basic truths of who God is and who I am and what I really deserve from Him. You know that that phrase preaching to yourself that's what comes to mind. You know when I remind myself that I, I deserve death and hell and so anything above that is a blessing. That that makes it a little bit easier to be thankful. I think also when I remind myself of of God's sovereignty and his providence, like this is his world and he's working things together according to his good plans. So even if I don't understand, or even if I don't particularly like it, I don't want to reject, you know, his providence in my life or in this world uh, because it's not what I wanted it to be. I want to submit to that. Yeah. I've found in those times of difficulty, uh, times where the temptation is to be, uh, anything less than thankful, uh, even times especially where the challenge or the temptation is to be bitter about some things that are going on that you start, like Chris said, with preaching the gospel to yourself uh, as a reminder to all that you deserve, uh, but yet all that God's done for you, the love that he's shown in giving his only son, uh, how Jesus has come in grace and truth, the sacrifice that he's made, and the inheritance uh, that he has bestowed on us as children of God. Uh, and you began thinking about trying to look at things. I, oftentimes when that temptation of bitterness and ungratefulness is battling so strongly for position in your heart, one of the things I've realized is oftentimes you are beginning to look at something through uh, the lens of the world or through the lens of the flesh rather than trying to look at them 
by faith through the lens of the gospel and uh, understanding that the world might tell us to look at things one way, but when you're a child of God, we're given a completely different perspective on life and all that's happening in this world, especially in light of, like Chris said, the sovereignty of God, uh, that oftentimes is very helpful at putting a new light on situations and circumstances that we face day to day. Every holiday season, as Christmas approaches and as Thanksgiving approaches, um, I keep a minister's log. I don't know if you brothers do this or not, where you keep a record of people you have married, buried, baptized, you know, whatever interaction that is significant and meaningful that you could have as a minister with them. Uh, part of the reason I do that is because I don't want to use the same funeral text in the same family twice. So it's good for me so that I don't mess up and do that because there are only so many funeral sermons usually that you have. And then another issue is as I look over that, I remember in another state when I was pastoring, I had a funeral for a four-year-old boy who was beat to death a week before Christmas. And I remember thinking about this verse and struggling with that, that week before Christmas. Another instance with ministry where I struggled with this verse was when my aunt was murdered. She was killed by the, uh, her husband at the time. He shot her in the back of the head. She was trying to run and escape from him as they were in the midst of a divorce. Uh, she had come back to get the plates from her home. There's actually another episode here on ABN about that called uh, It Isn't Worth the Plates for those that are interested. And, you know, I had to do the graveside for my aunt. And that was hard to be thankful in that situation for a multitude of reasons. And I don't want to get into all of them, but just the brokenness that it created. And then, of course, I think about how does a pastor be thankful in things like that? And the challenge then, because the, the scripture says, give thanks in all circumstances. And I've, I've heard a lot of people, as we're getting towards the holiday season here, they have complained all through 2020, right? We have had COVID-19. We have had riots out West. It has been a rough year. Anxiety is probably at an all-time high as our nation is in an election year on top of this. So, when we're thinking about how do we give thanks in our circumstances, right? What does that mean and what do we look towards? And um, I, I think one thing that helps me is thinking about the Lord's Supper. This may sound odd, but I think it's very helpful to think about the Lord's Supper because Jesus here is, is the last supper he's going to have with the disciples, right? And in Luke twenty-two nineteen, the Bible tells us he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it, right? He is, sim he is giving thanks because the bread is symbolic of his body that's soon going to be broken. And uh, let's not sugarcoat this thing. The cross is a horror. It is a circumstantial horror. And in this moment when he is breaking the bread and when he is giving thanks for his broken body, I, I, I've oftentimes wondered what was, what was going on in his heart and mind in that very moment, right? What do you brothers think? Yeah, I think, you know, part of part of the struggle is that this just goes against our human nature. We are selfish in our sinfulness. And so we always, we want what we want. And we tend to think that our plans are the best plans and that our desires are the best desires. And so when we're confronted with, uh, with a reality that, that doesn't align with that, um, we begin to grumble and we begin to complain. And I think you see that over and over in the Old Testament. You think about the the period in the wilderness uh, with the Israelites. Uh, that was a perpetual problem for them. And 
God, uh, you know, threatened to, to wipe them all out because of their, their grumbling and complaining. And even going back into the Garden of Eden, I think that was part of the temptation there. You know, God has withheld something good from us that, that we want, that we, we need. And so I think you make a good point there in connecting that to Christ in the Last Supper, because one of the things that you see when you read, you know, the Bible in context, and you look at the whole story is that he is the, the true and better Adam, right? He is the true and, and better Israel who succeeds where others have failed. And so even in that moment when he could grumble, when he could complain, he is giving thanks, even, you know, knowing exactly what awaits him. He is giving thanks to the father and recognizing the goodness of the father's plan and submitting to the father's plan. And so I think that, uh, that sets a pattern for us, obviously, but you know, there's a, there's a reason that in the old Testament in particular, all the, the festivals and feasts were, were commanded. It was to help them remember who they are before God and what God had done for them. And you think about the memorial stones set up across the river, like God was very, aware of the fact that that his people would be forgetful and that they would fall into complaining and so he's given us those things and i think the lord's supper is one of those things that helps sort of refocus you know on on who we are and who he is and what he's done yeah and you think about you know jesus giving thanks there as he institutes the last supper supper uh, the agony that he would endure in the garden after leaving from the last supper because he knows what's coming and it's a great reminder that jesus had and kept an eternal perspective uh, in light of all things that were going on here things that are temporary uh you know what hebrews chapter 12 for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross and uh, so oftentimes if we uh, get bogged down in just the things that we can see in the here and now and we do not hold fast to uh, the promises that are ours, that are guaranteed to us in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then it can often seem like that there's too many things going wrong and bad in the world around us to really have reason to give thanks. But if we look at all the things going on around us and their temporary nature in light of the promised eternity, uh, that we have in Jesus Christ, then it uh, should have the effect on our hearts and our minds uh, to remind us of that hope, that joy, that peace that we have in Christ and remind us that there is so much more uh, to be thankful for just in all this been, as I said, guaranteed, sealed, and promised to us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I agree completely with what your brother said. And I will say this. I like the fact you brought out that, you know, for the joy set before him, which means no doubt. I mean, when Christ is giving thanks in this moment at the Lord's Supper and at the at the Last Supper, is he being thankful that his body's about to be broken, like in that particular event that's going to happen? I don't know that he's, he's not like a sadist, you know, some people enjoy pain, right? Some people like pain and they take pleasure in having pain inflicted on them. I don't think that's what the text means. I think that it is more Christ is seeing the future people who will be gathered due to his suffering and what we can be thankful for in all these circumstances, even in the horrific ones that I listed earlier that I've had to minister through. 
And um, there is a future grace and a future reckoning and rightness that God will bring correction and keeping an eye and a fixation on that. I personally think that's the only way we get through hard, dark, horrific circumstances and keep First Thessalonians 5.18 and give thanks in all circumstances. Yeah, you know, the, the verse uh, or the phrase from Scripture comes to mind, you know, the Lord is my portion. You know, so in him I find my satisfaction. And so if I am secure in him and in the blessings that he brings to me both now and in eternity, then, you know, I can rest in that and I can find solace in that regardless of what else is going on. Uh, But again, human nature, we're just, we always want more. We're not ever satisfied, you know? And so uh, we tend to think if, if this situation would change or if I could just see this happen or if they would treat me better or whatever it is, that's when things would be right. And that's when we would be able to give thanks. But if we understand the Lord is our portion and in him, we have everything we need, then we can remain grateful even, you know, in the middle of those challenges, as real and difficult as they may be. One final point I'll make on this, and um, and then we're going to move on, because we've done, I think, a pretty good job of building almost a theology of thankfulness, and that is uh, all earthly blessings that we have. So that is the human relationships we've built here, the family that we have here, everyone who's alive around us. Every physical blessing we have has an expiration date. And so sometimes I think we want to forget that, you know, uh, that's what we sign up for when we get married, right? There's a, unless barring some kind of a tragedy like a car wreck or a plane crash, more than likely one spouse will switch roles and become a caregiver and then will bury one spouse one day. There will be a day as you gather this Thanksgiving season, and this is maybe a morbid thought, but we'll turn the corner in a minute. But when you gather with your family at Thanksgiving, there will be a day that there will just be one person in that room who will be left and everybody else will be gone. Death will have taken them unless the Lord comes back and takes us all at the same time. And so sometimes, like you said, Chris, we just get focused on me, 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 and not realizing that any good blessing we have, you know, I struggle with trying to just enjoy what God has given and then longing for how it can be better and trying to find that balance. And so just being thankful with the blessings we have right now, because all of it uh, here on this side of heaven has an expiration date. So. Okay, let's, uh, let's turn the corner here and just talk about instilling thankfulness in our congregations. If you're a pastor or a church leader, what are some things that we can do to help our churches have, I, I would argue that Thanksgiving should be a part of our culture and it could, should be a part of the experience whenever we are gathered together as the body. What are some things we can do as pastors or as church leaders to uh, instill that and to uh, spread that culture throughout the body. I think we uh, certainly one of the things we can do is lead by example uh, that we show the congregation uh, thankfulness uh, from our own hearts and our own lives in recognizing uh, who God is in recognizing what he has done in recognizing what he is doing and even in recognizing what he's promised to do and showing that we have reason to be thankful to him, uh, recognizing opportunities that we have to show thanks to one another within the church. Uh, in all of those ways, when the church, I think, sees the, the pastor having a thankful heart, uh, they should see the beauty in that. They should see the goodness, the good quality 
in that and hopefully it would spur them on to to the same things yeah i would agree entirely and i would say that 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 sort of practically plays itself out in a number of different ways sunday morning or evening corporate worship experience as the as the lead pastor you have some some influence in what that time looks like and so in the prayers you pray make sure that you're praying prayers of thanks and gratitude not not only god help me here do this for us we need this but but thankful as well uh the songs you sing you know are you singing songs of praise and thanks that that are continually directing your thoughts and and emotions to what god has done for you in christ and all that you have to be grateful for there and then as basic as this might sound just preaching the gospel <laughs> that uh that has a a powerful effect and that's a powerful motivation for for thanks and you know that can flow out into the way that you communicate through you know newsletter articles anything else you know take every opportunity you can to model that thankfulness found an article here and I'm going to put this in the show notes and uh, it's from facts and trends. I'm kind of a fan of facts and trends. If you're not getting those or going to their website, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, This was from around November 15th of 2016, building a culture of thankfulness. And the author here actually outlines some things that can be done weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly to help you build that, that culture of Thanksgiving. He says, weekly, tell your church, thank you for being here today, Uh, which uh, that's okay. I mean, that's not bad. I like the second one better, though. He goes on and says, or perhaps more appropriately, I thank the Lord that he led you here today. I like that one better, you know, so uh, another thing he says, monthly, uh, very briefly, but clearly express thankfulness as to what the Lord is doing in your life in your church and in who he is. Uh, A lot of newsletters may have a section where there's a volunteer profile. We have that in ours, or they have uh, different things they can highlight like that. Well, what are you thankful for that God is doing? Or what are you thankful for at our church? So those are good things. Quarterly, he says, tell your church you love them as a pastor there and you're thankful for them. And I think you brothers reiterated that, you know, he said, just be very intentional about that. And uh, because I, I mean, you know, sometimes pastors can get around each other and, you know, we, we can focus on bad things. But I think if you were to ask us, do we love our churches? We would say, yes, we do. And yes, we're thankful for them. We're particularly thankful for those who love the Lord and make the great commission and the great commandments their business, aren't we? And then yearly, he, he encourages us to preach from a text that tells us how to be thankful. Uh, he, he's, he is asking that one sermon a year. And I, I would say that would be very appropriate to at least give one sermon a year to the topic of thankfulness, because uh, is it a subject that our people need to hear regularly? I do, right? Mm. So yep. I think it's very, very good here. Okay, brothers, uh, we're about out of time here on this episode. Any, any closing thoughts here before we kind of land the plane? Yeah, I would just say, speaking, you know, from the perspective of a pastor who's, you know, who knows what it's like in the the ebb and flow of local church ministry and the challenges that are there. It is often very easy to, to fall into a, a, a pattern of dissatisfaction with where the church is and what's happening. And you, you so want to see people come to faith and you so want to see them grow in the Lord and good things to happen at the church. And, and, you know, honestly, a lot of pastors are in situations where they just don't see that happening the way they would want it to. It's, uh, it's slow going, it's stagnant, there's, there's a lot of challenges. And so in that time, it's really hard to remain thankful. 
but I worked with a, another pastor years ago that used to constantly remind us as a staff, God's always at work. God's always up to something. And even amidst those challenges, there are, there are individuals who are growing or volunteering to serve in new capacities. There are babies being born. You know, there, there are things happening that we should be grateful for. And so the challenge is just constantly looking for those things and uh, forcing yourself to, to widen your perspective beyond just the challenges. Yeah. I, I think that uh, just to add another word there, I think that an attitude of Thanksgiving can go a whole lot further than a lot of us imagine or can comprehend sometimes in a church. I think that uh, oftentimes we so easily fall into the attitude of complaining and grumbling, uh, as Chris had mentioned earlier about the the Israelites in the Old Testament, and we see all the trouble uh, that they dealt with in the wilderness through that attitude of unbelief. Uh, But I think that there is so much fruit and so much beneficence that comes uh, through a church that has an attitude of thanksgiving just because of the heart that it puts forward before God and all that it wants to see and to seek and to give him praise and honor and glory for. And as the pastor, as we take that opportunity to try to lead and to shepherd and to be the example of a servant of God who is thankful, hopefully, uh, as that impacts, as that carries out to other brothers and sisters in the church, uh, it, it I think it has the potential to have an impact sometimes bigger than we could even initially comprehend in what it'll do for the church body. I want to share a closing quote here from a fellow named John Bloom. So I didn't come up with this. I'm like all good preachers. I snatched it from somewhere else, right? John Bloom said this. He points out that he believes that grumbling is the accent of hell and that gratitude is the accent of heaven. Mm, that's and a good I be- word. I-, I believe that with all my heart. And so we want to do all we can to let our people have an accent of heaven and not the other, right? Thank you guys for being with us. And thank you for joining us here on the Appalachian Baptist Network. Join us next time. We have more episodes lined up on various subjects this month. And uh, as always, uh, continue to have a heart that is thankful in all circumstances. You have been listening to the Appalachian Baptist Network. Thanks for joining us. If you have a question or comment for our host, please send an email to Network at gmail.com or send us a voice message on our Anchor website page at anchor.fm slash Appalachian dash Baptist dash network. Join us again next Monday.